0: It's the True Penny Show with your host James True Penny. Oh, uh, it's recording. Hello, welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. And today we are paying pay tribute to the Destroyer, the Fire, the legendary in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Heavyweight US heavyweight champion or PWF US heavyweight champion who passed away last year and there was a show on the 27th of November, that was a couple of weeks ago, um, which was produced by Kiyo Wada and Fumihito Kiyohara. Uh, they were the people that produced the giant battle show we looked at a few months ago and they did it as a um, reference. Um, what's the word, a, a remembrance night, a memorial night. To the Destroyer at our Ward Gymnasium, I'm here to look at this particular show, which was televised on the G Plus Network. That's Gear TV. With Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Be back and uh, talk about a uh, quite a show, a uh, great tribute show to a, uh, you know, very um, interesting wrestling figure. So,
0: yeah, definitely. What did you know much of the Destroyer before you watched this show, Marcus? Because it's there was kind of a lot of references to the destroyer within the show, um, which might be lost on a new newcomer. But did you kind of get it?
1: Yeah, I, I got it. I, I hadn't seen much, much at all of destroyer, but um, you know the sentiment was felt throughout the show. And um, you know, as we'll get to it, it was a it was a touching uh, tribute that they did. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it just you know, for because I got introduced to a lot more wrestlers on this show too that I hadn't been. Exactly familiar when it? it just kind of showed, you know, if nothing else, just the respect a man had to bring these uh, uh different all uh, these different people together to do a tribute to him. So you know, while clearly a, a novice, and um, his uh, respectability <laughs> fell instantly.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I was an interesting cat. He is. One of the most watched wrestlers of all time, but never really made it in the United States of America. He had a short run in San Francisco where he really got over as a big star. But most of his work in North America was kind of like work a day. He wasn't as big a star as he perhaps could have been. But in Japan, he was an absolute living legend. His first big series was with Ricky Dozan. It doesn't get much bigger than that. And he wrestled in one of the biggest, if not the biggest, televised wrestling matches of all time against Ricky Dozan. For the NWA International Heavyweight Championship in 1959. Uh, and a large proportion of the Japanese viewing public were watching it. It was almost like a 50% rating, a 50 point rating, which, you know, uh, I think maybe 63. It was, it was Ricky Dozen's last big feud. And, you know, it, you can consider now that Monday Night Raw is lucky to get a 3.0 rating that shows you how, more, how big an influence he had. Um, then he came back to the Japan in the 1970s assigned with All Japan Pro Wrestling as a babyface rather than heel, learned Japanese and became a mainstay of Japanese culture, which is really where you want to be in Japanese professional wrestling, was beloved by Giant Baba, was beloved by the All Japan fans, and he put together a hell of a career. And this show was uh, done in conjunction with his family, who were there to celebrate his life. It was at Ottawa Gymnasium, like we said, 2,500 people in attendance, and they saw the second Destroyer Cup special battle royal. There was one whilst he was alive, which was won by Shikara some years ago in 2011, using a figure-four leg lock. Now, I should say that in Japan, pinfalls and submissions count in a battle royal. For those of you who have not watched a Japanese battle royal before, Marcus, what were your thoughts on this chaos?
1: Yeah, well, definitely chaos. And like I said, I wasn't... uh... Definitely a novice to a lot of these names. But um the fact that it is uh pinfall and submission, uh, you know, kinda curtailed a lot of the uh you know, just random and uh, kind of throwaway chaos that we used to over in the States with these battle royals a lot of times. <laughs> so, you know, that that definitely made it interesting. it just it's cool to see, you know, um the figure for hold actual winning relevance in Japan. So
0: Yeah, it was yeah. it was Destroyer's finisher, which is the reason why I got referenced an awful a lot on this particular evening. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Masa, in a who is, I believe, 115 years old, uh, won this match. And by the way, he would not be the oldest-looking person on this particular show. There would be even older-looking people on this particular show. Men's Teo was in this match. He's not aged well. Let's be honest about this. There's, of course, been some talk about ECW Uh, this weekend because of the Sandman's comment, unfortunate comments about an indie show uh, last night, which was headlined by four incredible women, including um, Trish Barker, of course, Jordan Grace. Uh, And he went out of his way to tell them how disappointed he was that they were headlining, and it should have been men. Um, Sandman on his way out of the wrestling industry, I think, as we speak. But anywho, uh, yeah, Men's Tao was on an ECW show the first time I saw him wrestle. Uh, it was the first ECW show. and He he's, he looks quite old now, I have to say. Terry Boy is no longer Terry Boy. He's well and truly men's TAO these days. Other than that, thoroughly enjoyable. Very, very short for a 20-man battle royal, six minutes and 20 seconds. That pinfall and submission rule kind of speeds things up a bit, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it really does. It really does.
0: So that was... Um, the first opening bout, which was a lot of fun. Did anyone stand out to you not seen before?
1: Um, not necessarily. I mean, I, I did like the fact because it, it did, um, it, I think it came down to the final four. like you said, uh, it, it did have some older looking gentlemen on the show, but it did seem like time had stopped once it got down to the final four. It was kind of stood out to me. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and just the interesting part of a lot of the things that went down on this card in terms of wins were just um, rolling into a better position or getting rolled into a winning position. Which I thought was <laughs> um, But it fit, you know, um, you know, leverage, you know, so um, as I said, everybody stood up. Because like you said, it was six minutes, 20 seconds. It kind of blink and you missed a lot of these eliminations. But um, I, I did kind of like how I came down to those four and it like I Said it kind <clears> of <throat> slowed down to a crawl and I didn't see how some of those finishes were going to go down but it, w- it was entertaining So
0: There you go The next actual wrestling match featured a tag team we're both quite familiar with, Tenko G Hiroshi Tenzan and <laughs> Satoshi Kojima Fred Club himself along with their old NWO tag team partner, Hiro Sato and they party like it was 1999 Unfortunately, it's 20 years later, and they were beaten by Yunakiyama Shiro Koshinaka, master of all hip attacks, and Tatsumi Fujinami in six minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, th- this match is just incredible, just because it's it, it's friggin' Saito and uh, Tenkoji against Koshinaka and Fujinami with a guy from All Japan, Yonakiyama, the lead booker of All Japan, was in this match just because. I guess he could pick who he wanted to work with, and he was like, I don't mind tagging the Fujinami. That seems like fun. So this was a bit more organized and a bit more fun to watch. Interesting watching Tenkoji and Hiro Saito go full-scale heel for this particular matchup because they knew they were on a hiding to nothing if they tried to be popular. What were your thoughts on this one, Marcus?
1: Yeah, it's funny because, like you said, that is the tag team that uh, well, probably used to with Tenzan and Kojima. Um, but it was fun, you know, getting introduced to Akiyama and, and Shiro and, and Tatsumi uh, specifically because, I mean, like you said, it was easy to keep up with. Not only were they color-coordinated, but um,
0: <laughs> they, had a,
1: they had a primary uh, primary offensive that they stuck to. And, um, you know, I, I think this definitely would have made, um, you know, one of the guys that we watched that wears like to wear headgear proud because of the hip attacks. Um, yes. But um, yeah, I just thought uh, you know I think also framing this some of this card a lot of this um a lot of the action came down to um uh, you know ex- experience versus athleticism.
0: Yeah,
1: a lot of this stuff, and, and I thought it was cool. Um, because like you said, it was more organized, slowed down. Um, and and kind of brought the the heat because they were the aggressive for a lot of it. But you know, like I said, the experience it just came down to. Persistence and you know those hip attacks and um I don't think anybody would have seen uh Tim Koji losing but they did and uh, I appreciated that you know and I think again um with the guy they was honoring you know it, it really showed that specifically in New Japan it's not always about you know who's got the flashiest or the most moves it's about you know who knows how to do what when they need to do it and so you could see a lot of these veterans kind of getting up a hand on these younger bucks
0: yeah this is it oh very much Everyone in this match was over 45 years old. <laughs> like Shiro Koshinaka and Tatsumi Fujinami, former New Japan headliners. Yuna Akiyama, arguably the greatest tag team wrestler ever lived. I can't remember how many tag team titles he's won. Three or four triple crowns to his name. A couple of GHC heavyweight championships. World tag team championships coming out of his ears. He is an accomplished superstar wrestler. Of course, Tatsumi Fujinami, WWE Hall of Famer. The man who invented the dragon suplex and the dragon screw leg whip, of which we would not be finished with by the end of this evening. This was a lot of fun. If you like your wrestling history, you want to learn more about these guys, go to cage match, look up this match, and just keep going through and be amazed at the cards that these guys wrestled on. These guys were pulling 60,000 at the Tokyo Dome when Kazuchika Okada was a glint in his mother's eye. So that's that's how long these guys have been going. But yeah, an awesome matchup for Bunch of old mates having some fun, really. Um, interestingly, the next man was an eight-man match, which was exactly the opposite, kind of. Jake Lee and Koji Iomoto, along with and Nomori and Masanubi Fuchi. Now, three of those young people are actually active professional wrestlers. They were for either Wrestle One or for All Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm just going to check who we got here. Oh, uh, yeah, Namura. he wrestles for, um, yeah, he'll be an All Japan guy. Um, I believe Jake Lee and Iwamata are All Japan guys as well. Masanobi Fuchi was actually one of the Dynamite Kids protégés, which will tell you how long he has been wrestling for, yeah. So it was All, all Japan guy. Uh, Masanobi Fuchi doesn't really wrestle for All Japan anymore. He's a freelancer. He wrestles for who he likes when he wants to, um, because quite frankly he's been around for a very long time and he can say what he wants to do, he's a former Roger Japan Junior Heavyweight Champion they went up against Masakazu Funaki Minoru Tanaka Mitsuyu Negai and Yoshiaki Fujiwara three of those guys are the toughest individuals that have ever walked God's green earth, proper hardcore shooters, the founders of the UWFI, uh, Minoru Tanaka Still wrestles for Wrestle 1, I believe. Uh, Fanaki doesn't come out come out very often. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, all trained by Akira Maeda are all trained out by Yoshio Fujiwara, except for Yoshio Fujiwara, obviously. Uh, this was an unreal tag team to put together because these guys are badasses, let's be honest. Um, yeah, Sanaki's a freelancer these days, but all trained uh, in the dark arts of shoot wrestling up against these super workers from all Japan. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one,
1: Marcus? Uh, I, I enjoyed this match. Um, it, it definitely turned up the octane, if you will. Um, and a lot of that had to do with, like you said, three of the toughest guys to ever be tough. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it felt like it. And, you know, uh, while I wasn't, uh, was new to basically all the guys in this match, I definitely felt um, everything that they were doing. So, you know again but it's surprising because you there's a lot of this card most of the aggressors not all of them in all the matches but most of the aggressors came out on the losing end which was surprising but i think again like i said a lot of stuff came down to you know uh positioning and stuff of that nature but this was a this was a fun 11 minute and 28 seconds i think it went um just fun stuff around you know you had everything you know you had smash mouth you had some aerial stuff um some great you know, submission exchange and stuff like that. Um, I, just, I just thoroughly enjoy it.
0: Well, I tell you that most, when I tell you that Yoshiaki Fujiwara is 70 years old and he's the man who taught Minoru Suzuki to be Minoru Suzuki, that will tell you a lot about this matchup.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes, Yoshiaki Fujiwara's eyebrows are tougher than most professional wrestlers, even at 70 years old. He's just on another planet of tough, um, and yeah, this. But I I enjoy watching Jake Lee. Jake Lee, I was really impressed with on the Giant Baba show that we watched earlier in the year, um, and he was really impressive here. And it kind of makes me want to watch more Old Japan. Actually, I I kind of want to. I've got a soft spot in my heart for Old Japan at the minute because I've uh, watched a lot more. I think we're probably going to try and cover more Old Japan. It's not as easy to get all of us New Japan, but they're having some big matches and they've had a bit of Renaissance year this year. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. All right, then we move on to another eight-man tag. Damnation. That's uh, Daisuke Sasaki, Shuji Ishikawa, Samo Takaya, and Tetsuya Endo. They defeated Jiro Kurishio, Masaki Masuho's, <laughs> Masayaki Mashuzuki, Takuya Nomore and Tajiri in nine minutes and thirty-two seconds. This was a DDT versus the rest kind of sh- kind of matchup. It was a DDT faction in Damnation, which is a, just a brilliant name for a, for a faction, uh, versus uh, people from all over the place. And it was just fun. It was just just fun. It was all over the shop kind of deal. And I just really enjoyed it, what it was. I can't really say enough of minute. It's nine minutes and 32 seconds. It jumped along at a nice old pace. What were your thoughts on this one, Marcus?
1: Yeah, same as you. Yeah. Um... Like you said, great name for a faction. My first time seeing Damnation, but uh, like the group already. Um, guy that stood out to me was Jiro, uh, who clearly is somebody that that uh dances to the beat of his own drum. Um, kind <laughs> kind of had uh some personality traits that were, kind of reminds me of both um Juice and Yano at times. Yeah. And um, it was just doggone good to see Tajiri again. I, I feel like I haven't seen him uh, in ages. So it was just good to see him again, uh, you know, doing this thing. Um, and, again, even though they lost, this this was just a fun, you know, fun match. You know, you kind of had a little bit of everything, stuff on the outside. Guys going through the air, guys getting just clobbered in the face and uh, submissions and stuff. So, you know, um, I, I, I really liked it.
0: Yeah, it was really cool to see Tajiri. He's having a bit of a renaissance because, of course, um, his great protege, Asuka, is currently Women's World Tag Team champion in WWE. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's having a bit of a renaissance. He's still a freelancer. He's 49 years old still wrestling. He's probably one of the most... Uh, what's the word? He's the ECW alumni that's probably done the most since ECW closed, just in... Running companies and doing different things. In the last storm, I think are probably the two like biggest things to come out of this world, the of <laughs> All right, we we'll move on to the next matchup, which was Taiji Yoshinobu Kanemura from Suzuki-gun. They took on Atsuki Ayagi and Yumi Aoyagi. 11 minutes and 29 seconds. This was a thoroughly fun affair, though. Tai Chi and Kanemura got the best of them with their Suzuki done wilds. What are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Because I know you're about as big a fan of Tai Chi as I am.
1: Uh, always spot on with that. Anybody uh, on the other side of Tai Chi is probably the people I'm rooting for. Um, uh, unless it's uh, uh, specific exceptions that, you know, anybody that's long-time listeners of the show know we have specific exceptions. But... Um, Tachi, like, uh, Kamenaru, uh, two guys that when they want to go, they can go. And I feel like they, they definitely did that in this match. And it, um, while they, of course, did have, you know, relative dominance because of, obviously, their ways. Um, it, it, it was a good back and forth match. Out again, hoping for the win on the other side. But, you know, uh, they pulled it out. But it, it was, it was just fine. It was fine. You know, 11, 11 minutes, 29 seconds. It was, uh. What it needed to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Atsuki Ayagi is only 19 years old he's a rookie. And Yuma has only had three or four years in the business. It was unlikely that they were going to get another pair of veterans like that in this particular setting where things are supposed to be a bit fun. Um, Yeah, but but it was good. I enjoyed it. It was good for what it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, And, you know, it's it's guy What can you do? (laughs) It's all right, really, I guess. Um it would but again a lot of these matches on, on this particular card are they're kind of thrown together because it's who is available to do what to do what where. Um and it's just a matter of like how can they put these matches together that's gonna fit everybody and be useful to the companies or not get in the way of things that are happening in the companies that they're working with. Um so yeah, it's uh It is a lot of fun, though. I thought this was quite a good, fun matchup. It's kind of a good place to put Suzuki gun because they can come and um, really kind of uh, put some people over. And, you know, they'll do the youngsters some good for hanging with them for 10 minutes anyway, won't it? Yeah. You know, so it's going to be fun. Right then, move on to the next matchup, which was an eight man tag. Hideki Suzuki, Joe Doring, Shigehiro Hiri, and Yuji Okabayashi from various different places we've got some freelancers some old japan guys and some big japan guys versus Kazushiki Miyamoto Ryuji Sai the bodyguard and Zeus from all japan and various other different places this was 6 minutes and 45 seconds of big lads hitting each other very hard would you not agree
1: oh no I I 100% dug it and it's funny and the British is probably going to make you laugh I literally had to pause pause the video uh and get up, go clean with my glasses and come back because I thought I was looking at like a Japan version of the Stylus for a second. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I think that was the bodyguard and Zeus, I was like, holy hell, like this was uh yeah, it it was a striking resemblance, but um yeah, those are definitely two guys I would like to see more of. And, and again, like you said, uh it would be really good to see more stuff from, from all Japan. Uh, but yeah, this was just like you said, big guys hitting each other. Joe Doring had Stan Hansen-ish vibes with me, um, yeah, and, and very much trying to go for that lariat. Uh, kind of got caught on that. But yeah, this was just a fun, you know, owl type of match. You know, you kind of you you definitely felt, you know, uh, a lot of what these guys were giving off. So yeah, you know, this was short, sweet, and to the point.
0: Joe Doring, awesome. Joe Doring beat cancer. most successful games Japanese the last 20 years. Uh oh yeah, is one of the big doors of big Pro Wrestling. Shigeru Iri has been all over the place in Japan. Suzuki is a big name in the two as well. Bodyguard and Zeus have been playing their trade in all Japan for a while and a lot of my friends on Twitter really like them because they're ridiculous. Like the bodyguard is fifty years old, like you said Marcus has the body of like Scott Steiner in the 90s. Like he lives <laughs> tattoos and all it's just it's just insane and this was insane man. um yeah just and six minutes 45 seconds joe Dorian wins with a crossbody of all things Boy, what are you what are you going to feel like when well, you've got this massive six foot ten texan flying across the ring at you what do you do
1: <laughs> yeah and it, it's it weird it's um because obviously they do the interest and stuff but he's a guy that um I can only imagine how he looks in person because like he looked bigger when he got tagged in and I was like, wow, that is a big boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like what are you going to do when you got this big texting, you know, going against you and he can move. He's not this lumbering. He's not on, you know, overing lummox or nothing like that. This, this guy can move. So, um, uh, which is why he's the one that got the pin. I mean, whether he's trying to take a head out with a clothesline or just ramming his body until you're going to feel it. So, um, yeah, Joe, Joe Doring, and uh, yeah, this was just a fun, fun match.
0: Yeah, I would yeah. say that halfway through the evening, there was a uh, memorial, uh, obviously a memorial service featuring uh, the Destroyer's son and his family, and it was uh, attended by the legend of Dory Combs Junior, and of course, Stan Lariat Hansen, um, representing all Japan, uh, and, the historic american families there's lots of representatives from different companies as well and uh yeah it was great to see um it was great to see the, the the uh memory of the destroyer who's had such a big impact on japanese wrestling uh in such a way hey by the way you want to talk more about the destroyer if you go back right back to the beginner's guide to japanese wrestling when the early episodes me and alex Watt looked at some and i've been alex edwards actually looked at some matches with The Destroyer and Abdul The Butcher and The Destroyer and uh, uh, Mil Masqueros from the early 1970s, and we go back and talk to them. So if you going to go back and listen to them, you'll get a better idea of what, who and what The Destroyer is about. But then we got to the business end of things, and the two last matches on the card, Shuji Kondo and Suwama, Shuji of uh, your Wrestle 1 fame and Suwama of your All Japan fame, they took on Teo Of Udo, uh, another uh, King Pro style company that's uh, owned by Akifono, sumo wrestler, former sumo wrestler, used to work for Japan Wrestling, and won the Noro Suzuki in 15 minutes and 18 seconds. Now Suwama and Suzuki haven't wrestled each other for 10 years, and boy is Suzuki pissed that Suwama won last time, and that's the story of the match. Nothing else, nothing has to be said. Suwama so beat him in an absolute winder in two thousand nine, as uh, for two thousand ten, and therefore Suzuki wants his revenge. That's all they did, and that was fifteen minutes. Didn't matter. To be honest, Kondo and Kait didn't have to be there. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm. I'm glad you said it because that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I almost wish in the future I could get some of James' commentary, like before we get to the show. <laughs> uh, some of like backstory on some of these matches because Suzuki, like like you said, it was Suzuki versus one, because Suzuki was going at this guy. I'm like, did he like piss in his coffee before he came out here? Oh yeah, like it was, <laughs> like it, it was that, and you know a lot of some of Suzuki's most, um, uh, I guess you you could say, explosive matches come when somebody's not gonna take his Suzuki ness and they're gonna give it back to him. You know, um, you know, one of the biggest and, and most entertaining angles we got out of New Japan this year was obviously his his stuff with um, you know, with, with Liger. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you, you come here and, and Swan was not having any of it, and he's taking like it's not a lot of people that's just got the balls, you know, uh, or, or the size and and commitment to take Suzuki into the crowd, and no. you know, he was just going back and forth with him, and that's that's fun because Suzuki will, will always be. The primary bully in these situations so it was fun seeing them going back and forth like you said you know no disrespect to condo or uh, uh tayo but they was kind of just placeholders guys that they needed to, to make this a legitimate tag match but it was suama versus suzuki so uh, but again that that's fun because it's not a lot of guys that's going to stand up to suzuki so that was that was really Very, all right
0: yeah. if you want to watch more of this stuff you go back to, you can find it on Daily Motion because I sat and watched it this morning, because after watching this match, I wanted to watch Suama versus Minoru Suzuki. And it's on Daily Motion. You can find Suama versus Minoru Suzuki for the All Japan Triple Crown Championship in 2010. It's a 45-minute match. Oh, wow. They went at it. It's it, it's, it's it's pretty intense as well. Um, and it's Suama stable there, and it was an intense time for All Japan and Suwama. Oh, I kind of spoiled the ending already. Suwama did take the Triple Crown Championship, but you've got to watch that match because it was so intense. Um, Suwama, I've been a big fan of his for a long time. I do like his stuff. He's such a big, intense guy. He's kind of like all the best bits of Jumbo Tsuruki and Stan Hansen molded into one person.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So Suwama's great. Shujikondo, take care. Brilliant, all-time, great stars who will be in the Hall of Fame. Didn't have to turn off. They were just going through the motions. It was unfortunate for them because they got outshone a bit by these two. But yeah, it was brilliant. Just well worth it. Well worth a watch. And then we get to the main event of the evening. (laughs) Los Ignorables de Apon, Yabushi and Yusinada, team with Kai, possibly because all their names are spelled out in four capitals? I can't think of any other reason to put them together. Because Sonada, Bushy, and Kai don't go along very well, as proven by the fact that Bushy and Sonada wouldn't tag Kai in for a good 25 minutes until they were absolutely desperate. They wrestle Kieji Muto, the mentor of both Kai and Sonada, Jushin Bundeliger, and the All oh Japan Triple Crown Heavyweight Champion Kento Miyahara and Courtney, of uh, last week's show's favorite current All Japan wrestler. She kept asking me all week is there any more Kento matches? I can say that she liked hey. Not as much as Jay White But she likes him <laughs> uh, And this was Just hilarious The good pun This was brilliant This was Greatest Hits Wrestling As it's supposed to be done Kenta Miyahara is just I love Kenta Miyahara Kenta Miyahara's ace uh, Bushi and Sonata Bringing their LIJ Shenanigans To the fore Kai being Kai And The living legend That is Kieji, The great center Luto. Uh, just turning up, being stoic, throwing some Shining Wizards when he needs power drive elbow, i will do, we're going up
1: <laughs>
0: What were your thoughts on this match Market?
1: Yeah, I, d- I dug it, I love it, uh, when, I, when I initially saw the card, this was one of the matches I was looking uh, forward to, um, it's not often that I get to see Liger and Mudo on the same show, let alone in the same match, a lot of times, um. So that was, that was cool seeing those men come together. I got introduced to to Miyahara, um, and again, uh, it, it it would be cool to have some of that 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 uh, pre True Penny uh, commentary before the match because now it makes all the sense in the world why it did feel like a bushy Sonata for Eric Kai just kind of being there now. You know them not getting along makes all the sense because all the cohesion did feel like it was on the other side of the ring. Um, but but yeah. You Know, like you said, KG Muto, the legend, get in there, get his stuff in. Um, uh, and I think they uh, we had that great moment at the end, but they, I think we got three figure fours.
0: Yeah, we did it. The yeah. match yeah. finished with um, Muto had been dropping dragon screw leg all the way through the match and eventually got one deep on Sonada and on Bushy. Um, and eventually Kai as well. And Kai was the one that fell to the figure four leg a lot, but Liger. And Miyahara Miyahara got one on each on Bushy and on Sonata just to keep them out of the business to make sure that you had a three-way figure four-line walk to say goodbye to the Destroyer in the proper manner.
1: Yeah, that, that was great. I never get tired of seeing, um, you know, Legend, K.J. Mudo do Shining Wizards. Uh, you know, that's his thing. And, of course, you know, for me, going all the way back when I get introduced to Sonata, just basically his mentor being in the match with him, you know, that whole yeah. deal. Yeah. So, You know, that's that's a great uh, little um, nugget there. So you know, just just a really uh, cool and great way to end the show.
0: We should explain the politics of that. I mean, Sonata was uh, a Wrestle One wrestler. Obviously, we first ran into him, he ran into him as uh, a TNA wrestler, an Impact wrestler, as part of Revolution with James Storm. Um, and then when he left. Uh, Impact Wrestling to go back to Wrestle 1, he decided not to re-sign with Wrestle 1, disappeared for a while, no one knew where he was turned up in Mexico to go with, with Chilibre, went, ex- went on excursion by himself, and next time we heard from him, he'd sign with to pro-wrestling so there may have been some actual real-life adventure with the Wrestle 1 guy, specific guy, and with um, but kind of all played into the match beautifully I thought
1: um,
0: the next well, that's pretty much it for this particular show. I mean, Kenta Miyahara as well. We should say something about him because he's had a phenomenal year as, well as a time Champion. He's a real rock and roll star, isn't he, that? Because that's the first time you've seen. Him.
1: Yeah, this is the first time I'm seen him, But but again, I think this is another thing that's that's great about this show. It really because it's very easy to kind of get um, locked in with New Japan because there's just so much going on and so much great stuff. Uh, that you you kind of forget it's not the only uh game in town if you will,
0: yeah um,
1: of yeah, so you know the to see guys like Kenton like like I said the bodyguard and zeus and, and other names like that it really um you know got some uh instant eyes on a lot of these guys and and again it not all the- history all the great history just with guys in New Japan, like you said you know um the, this show was to honor you know a, a guy who you said wasn't necessarily big in the states but he's meant so much to you know uh just so much great stuff that's going down in Japan I'm glad they got to honor him. um but you know Ken, Kento sounds like he's another one of those guys that you know uh when he's no longer with us he's gonna be a guy that's getting honored so um like I said uh it would be cool to maybe look up some stuff from all Japan, even though it's not the easiest to get a hold to like you said um because they got they clearly have some great great talent
0: they do at the minute. And um, I think we probably should spend some more time. I think we say this every year. We should spend more time with the company. And
1: to be fair, this
0: year, we have spent more time with the company. So if you go back to the very first few episodes of this year it was me and Alex Edwards looking at some matches from Big Japan Pro Wrestling, and we looked at some matches from uh, Sendai Girls with Chelsea, and it, we've tried our level best to look around the wrestling world you Japan, not just Stitching to Japan like we always do. I think maybe the Beginner's Guide has suffered a little bit for that this year because but it's become so much easier to watch Japanese professional wrestling and shows like this will really showcase what's going on in and around the Japanese wrestling world um, and I think we should probably balance things out and see a few more sites. Now in the next couple of weeks, it is the end of the year, it is our annual year end awards, we're planning that as we speak, seeing who's available when to do what. We'll be looking at America, we'll be looking at Europe and we'll be looking in Japan and giving you our takes on the best in professional wrestling over the last 12 months. And then, it is our preview show for Wrestle Kingdom, two days professional wrestling at the Tokyo Dome with that big main event of Tetsuya, sorry, Tetsuya Nato, well, double main event, Jay White and Tetsuya Nato for the Intercontinental Championship, Kazuchika Okada, and uh, Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in the Dome. Doesn't get any better than this, folks. Now, I would like to say thank you to my guest today, Mr. Marcus Green. Thank you very much for your time, sir.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: And I would like to thank you for listening to The Troopany Show. You can find Marcus at ParadoxKid on Twitter. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter. And you can find us at on Facebook at The Troopany Show and also on Patreon, The Troopany Show as well. Thank you for listening today. There'll be a telling stories tomorrow as we continue... The last of the Tudor King storyline with William Regal. And we probably will have some form of wrestling rewind before the end of the week. Hopefully. Take care. And we'll see you soon. Bye.